It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello, world. Thanks for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Josh gets a kick out of it when I say hello, world. Like we're talking, I, talking to everyone. Donald Trump listens. Yes. I hope. I hope. I'm so. ready to start know. greeting the universe. You know, why <laughs> stop at the world? There you go. Okay. Aliens. Why not? My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host and one of the advisors on the show, along with my friend and fellow financial advisor over at KFG, Joshua Gregory. Hey, we're spending this hour talking about part two of the fifth key financial planning discipline, and that's college planning. It's a tough goal to plan for and to track your progress on and everything. So whether you're a parent of some future scholars or you're a grandparent who's deciding whether you want to get involved in helping a grandchild, we're going to help you show or help show you what the process is that you should be uh, paying attention to when it comes to getting ready for college. I love I love that you brought up grand grandparents already because a lot of times we meet with a lot of grandparents and they're thinking of what's what legacy am I going to leave here? The gift of helping to educate your grandkids. Oh man, I love it. So yes, listen up. This show is for you wherever you're at. Uh, if you have a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right. It goes directly to my email box. While you're there, you can catch up on previous episodes. Check out the blog as well. If you're driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. And lastly, check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. You can submit a question that way or just tune into the blog or different posts that we have, updates about the show, all that sort of stuff. Hey, I'm sending a text to your parents, by the way. Make sure they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they got that grandparent yeah. plea there you yeah. were making. You know what? I'll just tell you, uh, transparent, my folks, they know our kids are already pretty spoiled. Um, you know, they've got a roof over their head and they've got clothes and they eat most days. And so my folks, instead of getting them gifts for Christmas and birthdays and everything, they put money into their college account. So. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, all right, all of this is stemming from a question from Laura. She's starting this hour with her question. She's from Mishawaka, age 42. Here's her question. I have two kids, ages 13 and 10, and I'm starting to focus on saving up for college. My parents paid for most of my school, and I feel it's important to do the same for them. I really don't know where to start. How do you plan for something when you don't know where they will go and how much it will cost? Any help is appreciated. Yeah, I love the question there, Laura. And I especially love hearing the conviction, or maybe I'm reading that into uh, what you said here, but it sure sounds like you've defined education as something that you really value. You've kind of made it a priority to help your kids. And I certainly don't want to throw cold water on that conviction, but I do want to encourage you to have the clarity on what's really most important uh, in your financial life. Make sure that this is the top goal that you're pursuing before you get too uh, kind of cemented into or, or too convicted on this particular goal. You've, uh, if, if you've listened to this show long enough, you know that we hop on our soapbox pretty frequently and uh, explain to people that you need to be approaching even a goal as noble and awesome as college in the context of an overall financial plan. And, you know, making sure that it, even though this is a goal that you really prioritize, is it something that you can afford to get involved with? Is, is there something else that maybe 
uh, requires some money sooner rather than later. When we talk about comprehensive financial planning on the show, it's for this reason that you, you don't get too siloed or too focused in on on one goal. I uh, I was just I, I've shared this before, but uh, not that long ago, I, I went into the kitchen, saw my wife listening uh, to something on her iPhone with earbuds in. Mm-hmm. I asked her, "Hey, what are you listening to?" And she said, "The Wise Money Show." <laughs> uh, she was listening to one of the podcasts, and I was. I was just reminded, yeah, she listens to every single episode and, and I was kind of applauding her loyal listening and everything. And she said, uh, I asked her, you know, why do you listen so faithfully? And she said, well, I learn a lot. And I was encouraged by that. Nice. And and then she said, how else would I know that there are seven key areas of financial planning? <laughs> and I said, well, there's six actually. Yeah. And then she called me out. She She got it right. She said... Well, yeah, but then she, she listed every one of them. And we always say on the show that there are six key areas of your financial life. That's what goes into building a, a comprehensive plan. But then we list seven of them. And it's because retirement planning and college planning really go hand in hand. We kind of merge those two together. That's right. Last week we talked about retirement. This week we're talking about college. But part of the reason those two are merged together is because they're often goals that can be in conflict with each other. All right, real quick. I just want to talk to Andrea Gregory. (laughs) Start thinking of a practical joke to play on your husband today. If you're listening, I'm not going to give you any other suggestions other than that, but do a a practical joke on Josh today. All right, there we go. Now back back to the show. So the, the process is pretty similar with retirement and college. And it, ultimately, it's, there's this long-term goal out there that you might want to achieve. Well, where are you today? What's that? Define that goal. Chart a path to get there. And then on an ongoing basis, are you on track? Are you on track? Are you on track? So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the similar process, whether it's retirement or, or college planning. So, all right. So what... This may seem obvious, but in the area of college planning, what are the practical issues that are addressed when you're talking about your college plan? Well, I think most people begin talking about college uh, trying to figure out, well, how much do I need to save in order to send my kids off to school? Yeah. Um, And, you know, other people would say, well, how much can I afford to save as well? And those can be two different questions. One is I've defined what the goal is and um, hopefully you and your spouse agree on it and you've decided, are, are you going to fund a certain percentage, uh, a certain portion of the college bill for them? Could be all of it, could be half, maybe something less. Or are you saying, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to define it in uh, you know, a certain portion, I'm going to say, I can save a certain dollar amount like clockwork between here and college and whatever it grows to, that's the pool of money that they have to work with as a supplement to what they're going to come up with on their own. So within college planning, what Josh is talking about is the very first part of planning for college is to communicate with each other on what's our role going to be with this goal. And then when the child, I, I love this goal or, or step two, when the child, when the child is old enough, you need to sit down with them and communicate, hey, here's mom and dad's responsibility. Here's what we're, what role we're going to play. So here's the role we're looking to you to play. It might just be get good grades or we're not going to pay for it. I don't know, but you need to clarify that with them. And then third, whatever you decided upon, what your role was going to be, either paying for a certain percentage or all of it or half of it, or setting aside a certain amount of money. Hey, we've got 25 grand to go towards your school. You then need to figure out, all right, 
what's that going to require on a monthly basis or on an annual basis that we need to set aside? Um, and then lastly, you need to figure out how you're going to keep that commitment. All right. Are you going to use a 529 plan or how are you going to actually start that process of setting those dollars aside? You well, figure out all of that in the area of college planning. That's right. Uh, and everything that you just alluded to was very proactive. It is planning ahead. It's preparing for this this goal out in the future. But the job's not done when uh, they're a senior in high school or even a junior in high school. When uh, the, the process begins uh, for searching, seeking out the right school, mm-hmm. starting to do college visits and you know coming up with your checklist of um, you know, as you're shopping for the right school, what is it? How, how will you know the right school when you see it? It's not that different than shopping for a house. You know, mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't go shopping for a house without a checklist already created. So that way, you know, you've found the right house. Otherwise, you're going to fall in love with some, you know, the the white picket fence or, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the idea of being in a certain neighborhood or something. And maybe make a, a poor decision ultimately. You don't want to do that in the college decision either. Well, certainly not. And you want to go with your eyes wide open there. Um, a financial advisor uh, should be able to tell you what those colleges will cost. Uh, now, not knowing what your scholarship level will be or financial aid package will be, but that data is out there and walking through college planning, that area of your financial life, a certified financial planner should be able to look up what the actual cost is for each school. So you can use that to compare. Don't be deceived though by the sticker price. Ah. Uh, you, you need to pay attention to what would you actually pay. There are Most uh, schools have a net tuition calculator on their website somewhere where you can kind of plug in your basic financials and uh, figure out, well, what would the price tag be for you based on their financial aid packages? Yeah, that's so any, anyway, so there's a lot here to hit practically within 520, or excuse me, within college plan. I was just going to talk about, we're going to talk about how to fund it and whether the 529 makes the most sense or the Roth IRA. So there's a lot more here to unpack if you're sitting on the cusp of, well, how do I plan? How do I plan for college here the way Laura's asking? So that and a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. I'm in the studio with Joshua Gregory. Kevin is traveling this week, so it's just the two of us. I'm not even going to try to sing that song, although it just comes to mind. Anyway, special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank, for sponsoring the content of today's program. Today is part two of the fifth area of your financial life, and that is college planning. We're dissecting that today from a question from Laura. We've got a lot more to unpack here. If you have a question or a comment or anything else, reach out to us, 574-222-2000, or go to wisemoneyradio.com. We've been receiving a lot of questions, and so we've got a little bit of backlog, but I still, still keep sending them. Keep sending them, folks. We will get to them very soon. All right, we left off by discussing the practical issues in the area of college planning, why is it important? Why, what, what do you actually address when you're trying to build a college plan? And we first talked about, well, you identify who's playing what role, right? Um, but there's a few other things that we still need to touch on that you're going to address when you're doing college planning. 
Well, a couple of the others that we already mentioned were how much do I need to save? That's a question that many people have. Or how much can I afford to save? That's mm-hmm. uh, That goes hand in hand. It's equally important, maybe even more so. But once you've figured that out, then you have the practical question of which investments do you use to try to grow this pool of dollars for the future? Yeah. How do you make sure you're not taking too much risk? Because this, you know, we, we, we kind of frame this as uh, in competition with the retirement goal. The retirement goal has the advantage of giving you a whole lot more time to let the investments bounce around, up and down, um, kind of doing their thing, growing for the future. College is a shorter shorter time frame. Right. And so uh, you have to really pay attention to the amount of risk, and that's going to change as your kids get closer and closer to college. Not only do you have a shorter amount of time to save up for college, but you're only going to use the money over a short window of time. Most people's retirement is going to be measured in decades, but co- paying for college better not be measured in decades. That should be just a few years. And so that all drives how much risk you should take in your investments. Last thing that I would mention here is within the area of college planning, you also talk about financial aid eligibility. You'll talk about what the that with your financial advisor, and even what role the FAFSA will play. And I just want to communicate here, uh, hopefully you're well aware of this, but uh, a couple years ago, the deadlines and rules around the FAFSA have changed. It used to be that you couldn't even apply for the upcoming school year until January 1, and it need, your application needed to be in by March 1st or March 10th, depending on whether you lived in Michigan or Indiana. Now, they've moved that deadline back so you can actually apply for your FAFSA starting October 1st. And you don't use the current year's taxes. You use the taxes from two years ago. They call that the prior prior year rule. So, yeah, so the returns you just filed uh, for 2016, they're going to be used to determine your financial aid package for the 2018-19 year. That's exactly right. So you address that in the area of college planning. Critically important. College is expensive enough. So knowing what financial aid is available to you is a critical component of the college planning process. All right, so this might seem a bit obvious, but we need to address it. Are there times in someone's life when the area of college planning is more important than others? Well, since we framed uh, it at at the very beginning of the the show that uh, this is not just for parents, it's for grandparents as well, I'll frame this fairly generically on when do you get involved. I I would say that it's as soon as you are willing and able. Mm. Okay. Most parents and grandparents have a peak in their willingness level as soon as they hold that little child for the first time. Yeah. Right. You're you're already envisioning all the wonderful things that you want to do for this child and how you want to, you know, bless their life in some way. And often college is one of the responses, especially for for uh, grandparents. Yep. We have people show up in our office that say, you know what, I just had another grandchild or I just had another great grandchild and I'd like to do something to help with their college. What should I do? And so their willingness is just immediately created just by being introduced to this little bundle of joy. But the other issue though um, is not just addressing the fact that it's a value in your life, but the ability question is where finances start to come into play. This is the financial reality that you also have to to deal with. And um, the question is, you know, do you have the resources that you can devote to a goal like this? Well, this is the difficult part. Kevin has said on the show before, 
you're never more motivated to save up for that child's future than when they're first born. But I, I have said on the show before as well, also uh, very accurately, that <laughs> the time when you start having kids is the most financially stressful time in your entire life. It's the most difficult, in my opinion. And Josh is shaking his head because he doesn't agree with that truth, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but here, here's the issue. I mean, you're still likely paying on your own student loans. You're probably recently married, so you're just figuring out... Uh, financially, what's important to you. You're probably looking, because you're starting a family, looking at buying a larger house, maybe buying a car that can be safe for your child. And you're, and, and one of you is likely going to either go down to part-time or no time of work, so your income's going to go down, and the expenses are going to grow. So fitting a college savings uh, goal each month into that strained budget is often very difficult. Now that said, I'm not really big into excuses. So here's so my rebuttal. I, I, but no, I'm still encouraging folks, start it, find a way to do it and, and capitalize on that motivation, build your budget around it. See, I would want to speak to the young newlyweds that are out there that don't have kids yet and, and just tell them, hey, what you do with the time before the kids show up, the, the number of goals that you can check off the list, the financial foundation that you can build in your newlywed years, that's going to determine how quickly you're able to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. You know, are you really straining? Um, are, are you having to say no to too many things in order to start squirreling away dollars for college? Or have you done the heavy lifting? You've put yourself in a position where, no, we have the willingness and we have the ability because we planned ahead. Yeah. Oftentimes when someone finds out that uh, you're pregnant and expecting a child, the advice is always, well, enjoy your sleep now, <laughs> but it should be figure out, get, get the financial game plan in place right now. So that time of your life isn't, isn't as stressful. So uh, I would also say the obvious answer, then you need to tune back into this goal when the kids are in middle school and high school. Don't delay. I'm not saying ignore it until then, but that's the time when you really need to tune back in and say, okay, it's starting to get a little bit more in, fo in focus, whether our child's going to go to a private school or a community college or a state school, and you need to update those goals on an ongoing basis. And it gets more important in middle school and high school. That's also the time when you should start getting them involved as well. Yeah. If they're going to be expected to work during their summers in, in high school or in college, ha let them know that early, right? Yep. Start uh, involving them by communicating the plan to them. Okay, so Josh talked about all 6.5 areas of your financial life and how they are <laughs> interconnected. Uh, we don't want to just, you, you can't just deal with one area in isolation. So what other areas of someone's financial life are usually pulled into the picture when you're talking about college planning? I would mention the first, and, and to me that's tax planning, um, because saving up for college, you want to be aware of the tax incentives, tax shelters available to you. The 529 in Indiana, we've talked about that a lot. You want to be aware of that while you're saving up so you can have as much money available to you to save up for this important goal. And then also tax planning, because when the child is in college, we've, we're going to address a listener question about this coming up. There are some tax credits that are available to you if you do things just right on your taxes. So you need to understand and be aware of your tax plan when you're talking about your college plan. I agree with everything you just said, but I would point out that in order to save up uh, into a 529 plan and go claim those credits for yourself, you have to have margin in your life, yeah. right? So this is a cash flow issue as well as a tax planning issue. 
You need to, if you haven't already built a budget that will allow you to sustainably, predictably keep on saving for, uh, for college without bankrupting all your other goals, then now is the time to start rebuilding the budget, thinking about, okay, what are the things that you can sacrifice now to make this goal doable for you and your family? And I'd also mention, of course, you need to tune into your investment plan as well to make sure you're picking the right investments for this difficult time period of quickly saving up, you don't have that much time, and then quickly spending it. You've got to be really in tune to the investment planning area of your life to make sure that that's done appropriately. Hey, listen, we're still talking about college planning, how to do that well. One of the issues with college planning is the recent trends have made it much, 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 much more difficult to plan for and actually achieve. We're going to be breaking down those recent trends and those threats so that you're aware of them and can plan around them. Coming up here on Wise Money with Horhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope your Saturday and your weekend is off to a great start. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm here with Joshua Gregory. Kevin's got the weekend off. Uh, thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. We've been talking about a really, really important goal, especially this time of year. Spring school is wrapping up for a lot of people. You're starting to think about college and and how to pay for college. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to wrap that up and then hit some more questions about college here coming up. If you have a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call 574-222-222. 2000. Listen, if college is on the horizon for you and you've missed anything, we hit this topic from time to time through through other questions. Uh, so check out the podcast. You can always get the entire episode from previous shows right there on the website, wisemoneyradio.com or on iTunes, Google Play by searching Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. So, all right, where we left off in this whole idea of planning for college, a question from Laura has two kids ages 13 and 10, where do I start planning for college? And and where we've gotten, where we've taken the conversation to is the recent trends that have been happening in the area of college planning, whether that's making things a little easier to plan for college or making it harder, I would say most of them are making it harder. But let's let's talk about what trends have been happening in the college planning space. Well, one trend that I've uh, become aware of just by being involved on a college board uh, is just the simple fact that there the the demographics are shifting such that there are less kids going to college each fall. Oh my goodness, that's not one I had on my list. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it's essentially creating this environment where colleges are competing for less and less students out there. Wow. And you know that obviously puts a strain on most colleges or universities' budgets, depending on what kind of gazillion dollar uh, endowment they have or what kind of money they get from the government. But uh, what it's doing is it's kind of creating um, these softer ways that they're trying to compete. And uh, I don't know if I would go so far as to say that it's a buyer's market in the, the college world right now, but most colleges are really trying to compete hard to get your son or daughter to arrive at their school in the fall. And uh, 
they're they're sometimes trying to spruce up the amenities or you know some of the perks of being there and it's it's all maybe inadvertently creating more and more of this country club type of a feel that uh, most of us old timers probably resent a little bit. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, I, I visit my own alma mater and I see the food they get to eat compared to what we ate, and it's just <laughs> no longer the, the not freshman, fair, right? No longer the freshman fifteen; it's the freshman fifty. Just right? Because the food's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I I did know that, and I guess it just emphasizes the point that during the financial aid process or the application process, be talking to that school. Absolutely. But here's the other threat. Your son or daughter might be enticed by some of this stuff. Uh, and, you know, do you want their college decision, where they land, to be based on how cool the dorm room is or how awesome this rec center is or, or whatever? Now, your, your purchasing criteria as a parent is, do they have the degree that my son or daughter really wants to study? Is it going to prepare them for the field that they want to go into for a career or a ministry or anything like that? And... Um, are they going to have a job when they graduate? Yeah. So don't let your son or daughter lose sight of the fact that this is a major investment that's being made. Hopefully they're involved with making that investment. It's not just you putting cash out there. So make an investment that's going to provide a return, not just provide a fun experience. Yeah. Well, that kind of lines up to the big trend that I've seen, and it and it all centers around this idea of being proactive and doing tax plan or excuse me, college planning. And that is more and more students have used student loans to pay for college. Uh, these details, these numbers are fresh off the presses into 2017. So looking at 2016, the default rate on existing student loans in 2016 was 11.3%. So 11% of all student loans out there, which by the way, has surpassed $1.3 trillion trillion with a T, 11% of them are in default. Now, a bank, we've talked about this on the show, a local bank, when they're looking at their loans to businesses and individuals, they get scared if the default rate is above 2%. And we're saying student loans are at 11%. That's just scary. Get this, the average 2016 graduate graduates with 37,000 of student loans. Just a couple of years ago, that was 25,000. Okay, so what's your take on that? Is is this due to irresponsible borrowing or irresponsible lending, in your opinion? Oh. Or are you going to take the easy way out and say both? No, I'm not going to say both. I, I actually, I'm, I'm not so, some people would also say that there's a third option, and that is, well, colleges is, are just getting too expensive. That's one of the other trends. There has been inflation with college, but not nearly at this at the magnitude as it was in previous decades. I actually look at this and say dollars are being stretched and squeezed. The average, the middle middle America is getting squeezed, and it's harder and harder for people to get proactive and and plan ahead. So I I actually personally believe it's a lack of planning, not because people have been negligent to it, but there's just so much else out there pulling on their finances. But here's the problem with student loans. We're now doubling down on that financial strain because the average graduate has a $351 a month student loan bill. That's yeah. the average. Right. So it's going to be harder for them to save up for college for their kids. We're just perpetuating this problem here. And for the two of us, Josh, we know that there are a lot of financial initiatives people need to pursue. And when, you're, when your cash flow is getting squeezed like this, 
it can just exacerbate the problem. Yeah, and it doesn't help that the government has intentionally made it easy to get student loans. So you're the, you're that proponent? Not necessarily. Okay. I, I think I'm definitely a believer in personal responsibility. If you're going to borrow money for an education, make sure that it is a wise investment because there are a lot of folks out there that are getting degrees that are just pointless, right? And they're borrowing huge money to do it. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. So, you know, you, you look at those situations and you say, well, boy, I, I wish they would have made a better decision. But... The easier that it is to get credit for something, um, the, the more borrowing that happens, that does, e- economically, that drives the price up. I mean, we saw that happen in the housing bubble, uh, you know, not that long ago. Yeah, sure. It was too easy to get a mortgage. Interest rates were held artificially low. So what happens? Housing prices get bid up because everybody should have a house. Yep. Everybody and, should have a college education. And, right? and when you can go, when everyone can go get money to buy it, from financing, then yeah, that's going to fuel that price in, in, increase. So, uh, you know, it is too complicated of an issue to point the finger in any one direction, but that's the point for our listeners, I guess, is uh, make sure that you're making the wise choice, whether it's easy in the future to get big loans for college, whether the price keeps on rising or if it does start to level off a little bit, just make a wise choice. And you as a parent need to help drive that because your son or daughter is still learning how to make uh, adult decisions with money in their future. Well, so underscoring that little banter there, we're never, never believers in the, the victim mentality here. So folks, even though these trends are alarming in our opinion and, and probably in yours as well, guys, you can do this. You can do this. If you want to save up and help pay for your child's education, you can start today. You, tr- you truly can. And if you've got some other financial roadblocks in the way, a certified financial planner can help you figure out the right game plan to address those and talk to you about how to fund this goal as well so that you don't fall in the same cycle. Folks, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion that the trends of America have to apply to you as well. No, absolutely. Make that plan. And, uh, and, Preach and, it, brother. <laughs> so the other, the other couple trends here, gosh, uh, the social and political pressure for free college. I, you know, I don't... Think, Didn't we deal with that in November? No, I don't think we did. This, this, I don't think that issue is going to be going away. And so that's a potential trend that could help alleviate some of this. But we also know nothing is free. So there will be added pressure, folks, on the middle class, if we have that, from taxes. Um, another trend is student loan forgiveness. That happens. That's only very few people are eligible. If you have questions on that, we did a whole show about it. Go back and listen to that. Um, And then lastly, that Casey talks about this on his show from time to time. The average length to get a four-year degree is about six years. And so all of those trends, be aware of them, proactively plan ahead so that you can skirt some of those uh, negative trends. Absolutely. And it's worth mentioning, too, the 529 plan here in Indiana is also a recent phenomenon where you are incentivized to plan ahead, save ahead, and get some tax savings for doing so. That is a great segue. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to take a question from Sam from Goshen about the 529 plan and how it works. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. 
Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. I'm in the studio with Joshua Gregory. Just the two of us today. Kevin is traveling. We're talking about college planning and that really, really big motivating goal that has a lot of people, uh, well, backwards and, and, and really struggling to figure out how to do this. And, and so that's, that's what we're here for, folks, is to help you figure out what you need to do to get on track and reach that goal. If you have any questions, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com or by phone, 574-222-2000. And if you've missed anything, and five, and excuse me, college planning is right in your wheelhouse, check out the podcast on iTunes and Google Play, or just go to the website, wisemoneyradio.com. We've got all previous episodes right there. That's This entire episode will be there as well. All right, so we've been talking about college, college planning. We were just talking about some of the disappointing uh, recent trends that have made it more difficult. We left off on, well you should consider a 529 plan. That's a great segue into Sam's question here. He's from Goshen. I have a 529 plan from Michigan where I used to live, but now that I live in Indiana, I want to start using the Indiana plan. Can I move my money into the Indiana plan and get that tax credit you guys talk about? Yeah, unfortunately, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, it used to be that you could transfer dollars in from other accounts and get the credit, but they shut that program down <laughs> not very it, long. I think it lasted a year, maybe two. Right, right. It was, uh, it was fun while it lasted, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you used to be able to do other 529 plans or even uh, UTMA accounts, which are basically a custodial account uh, that you might hold for your kids. But the, the answer, Sam, though, is no. It has to be new contributions that you're making to the 529 plan just out of your cash flow, a check that you write out of your, your checkbook in order to get that new credit. Now, and it's just the first 5000 that you contribute overall. You don't get to do that for three different children and collect the credit three different times. Yeah, although that'd be, that'd be nice. That get, would be fabulous. get that question all the time. Now, I would also caution you, Sam, if you've got money in the Michigan 529 and you just heard us say, well, you can't transfer it and get the credit, and you think, ah, I'm going to outthink the IRS. I'm going to cash in my Michigan plan, and I'll use that money to contribute to the Indiana plan. Watch out. Any growth from your Michigan plan, hopefully there is some, any growth will be taxed and penalized because that money was not used for college expenses. So I would suggest, and your your individual situation might yield uh, some other details that we would need to factor in, but just based on what I would assume, or what I know, I'd leave the Michigan plan where it is, and I'd start contributing to the Indiana plan. That's um, right. There's nothing wrong with having multiple plans across several states. Yep. You know, we've used other states in addition to Indiana in the past, and sometimes we still do. Um, but that's more of an investment decision. Uh, after you've taken advantage of that $1,000 credit that's on the table from Indiana, do that first. Now, here's another common question, frequently asked question in, in regards to the 529. And then we're going to put Josh on the spot with a lesser, uh, less frequent question. But uh, does this mean that your student has to go to school in Indiana? No, no. You can actually use your state or a state's 529 plan for really any uh, eligible institution in the United States, as long as it's being pulled out for eligible expenses. And by the way, folks, that means tuition, but also room and board and books and all of that, then you're just fine. The, the, the growth on that 529 
will not be taxable to you and there won't be any penalty. So the fact that you're now using or are asking to use Indiana's plan doesn't mean that your child needs to go to school in Indiana. Josh has just been giving I, me this look. I've been sweating for 50 <laughs> seconds now. Just get can, it out in the open. Can you live in Michigan and get the Indiana tax credit Ooh. if you use the Indiana plan? I know you know this answer. I know. I've, I've lived this one. It, it all depends on do you file an Indiana tax return? Yeah. You know, as a, a business owner in Indiana, but a resident of Michigan, I have the distinct honor and privilege of filing a tax return in both states. <laughs> uh, and because of that, it opens up the possibility for me to use a 529 plan. Because so. the credit is against Indiana state tax. That's it's right. not a credit against you residing in Indiana or whatever. So if you're paying Indiana state tax, then you could use the Indiana 529 plan and get that credit. And if you've got the option between the two, the Indiana tax credit is much better than the Michigan tax deduction that you get for Michigan's plan. So great question, Sam. And again, college planning is getting very, very difficult. It has been. And so using those tax efficient tools to your advantage can help make it a little bit easier. That's a good segue into the next question from Randy. He's 53. Here's what he asked. Between my wife and I, we make pretty good amount of money, approximately $175,000. What I'm told that means is we aren't eligible for some of the tax credits available when our kids go to school, go to college. Can you help explain that to me and let me know if there's anything I can do? Yeah, I, I think what you're referring to, Randy, um, on your tax return, there's something known as the American Opportunity Credit. And this is a pretty lucrative opportunity uh, deal on the table from the federal government where uh, you can write off up to 2500 or you can receive $2,500 off of your tax bill. Yeah. Most of the time we're talking about deductions, which erase part of your income on the tax return. Now we're talking about a tax credit, which erases some of the actual tax itself. So this is money in your pocket, in other words. So th this has kind of been my defense. I, maybe defense isn't the right word. Um, but a, an additional perspective when people are talking about free college. Well, right now, the American Opportunity Tax Credit, now you need to qualify. That's Randy's question. We'll talk about those details in just a minute. But your tax credit is 100% of the first 2000 you spend on tuition. And right. then it's 25% of the next 2000 So if you spend $4,000 on tuition, you're getting 2500 of that back. So yeah, that's not free college because most tuition is more than that, but that goes a long way. If you're just going to a community college, that can go a long way towards paying for, for some tuition. So uh, it's important that you're aware of that. Now, one other detail just to note here, if you're, if you're already getting enough credit or your income's low enough where you're not paying any federal tax, 40% of this tax credit is what's called refundable. So you won't get that full $2,500 if you're not paying any federal tax. But listen, you'll get some. That's a better deal than nothing. Um, all right. So here's to, to, to Randy's question. Hang on though, one second, because if you're in that situation where you don't have a high enough tax bill in order to fully benefit from this, uh, th this tax credit, you may just uh, re-examine your, your tax planning to make sure that you're not saving money into a retirement plan at work on a pre-tax basis or doing other things that are artificially squeezing that tax bill down. Oh, my. This is wise money. That's wise advice, Josh. Way, way to point that out. I was cruising right by it. All right. To Randy's question. 
if you make too much money, you're phased out and then ineligible to receive this American Opportunity uh, American Opportunity credit. And we told you it's a big one, 2500s at stake here. If you file an individual tax return, you're phased out if your income's above $90,000. If you file a joint return, that phase out starts at 160 and it ends at 180. So Randy said you guys make about 175, so most of it's phased out. So you need to do some tax planning to figure out how can you still make as much money as possible? Work really hard, make as much money as possible, but on your tax return, show as little income as possible using that retirement plan. Is the, is that To me, that's the number one way. If you're only contributing 5%, I, I see this a lot. I'm only contributing 6% because the, that's all that the company will match on, and you fall in this range, bump up that contribution that will make your income look less on your tax return and you'll be eligible for more of this credit. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what we were just talking about. Exactly. Right? And so w- whether you are in a lower income situation or a higher income situation, the college years bring in the necessity. It raises the importance of doing proactive tax planning. Make sure that you don't leave some of the government help on the table just because you weren't fully paying attention to your tax scenario when you get to these college years. I know it can seem a bit biased or, hey, this is the lens that we use to view the world. But this is when we talked earlier about, well, when you're talking about ta- or talking about college planning, are there other areas of your financial life that might enter the, the conversation, that should enter the conversation? And one of the reasons why we strongly encourage folks to use a certified financial planner is that financial planner should be able to pull in those seemingly unrelated parts of your financial life to give you advice that has synergy, where you know that, yes, if you actually do this with your taxes, you're gonna get more of a tax credit, or do this with your retirement plan, you'll get more of a tax credit. So that's just my my push again, to use a certified financial planner. So hopefully today's show and the discussion about college planning was helpful. If you missed anything, check out the podcast at wisemoneyradio.com. That's gonna do it for us. We'll see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.